This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 35 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk with dog trainer Karen Quillen, learn more about the dachshund breed. We also learn about the industry and ethics of bovine colostrum, and we share memorable horse buying experiences while Hedwig discusses sun protection for dogs. So I've left Wellington, and Patty P., you're now in Wellington. <laughs> yeah, we're doing we did, a flip-flop. We didn't work this yeah. out very well this year. Well, as you know, this has not been the easiest. Um, this is In all the years I've been coming to Wellington, this has been one of the hardest, um, not necessarily trips, but just so many little tiny things kept going wrong. And um, I wasn't planning on being, well, I guess technically I was planning on being here these last uh, two weeks, but I would have been here um, when you were still here and it just didn't work out that way, but everything's motoring, motoring right along, um, for the listeners that don't know, my daughter, Hannah was very lucky to get a scholarship to train with Robert Dover, our Olympic dressage coach. And, um, when she just got down here, he, we just needed to make some slight chewing changes, which have made a great difference. So we're excited about that. She started her lessons today. So I am down here till tomorrow. So yep, we did the flip-flop. <laughs> and it's hotter than yeah. blazes well it's you know it's not it's it's hotter than it is in texas believe it or not but um it, it you know i mean tigger you know i'm kind of a sissy pants it's 90 and I'm, I'm okay with that i don't like it a whole lot hotter than that but it's not horrible good well it's it's, <laughs> it's lovely here in virginia what is it what's the temp um it's about 78 yeah it's pretty nice yeah, and it's a little chilly yeah. Everything is green. Yeah, I was going to say, everything is blooming like crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's probably gorgeous. It is. It's yeah. gorgeous. And the red buds are out. Dogwoods aren't oh, out yet, but favorite. the red buds are out. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, everything is waking up. And um, yep. it's it's just a spectacular time of year. It always is. It's the yeah, prettiest place on earth. Yeah, it is. It is. Because when yeah. the mountains erupt in all the dogwoods and rhododendrons, wild yeah. rhododendrons, I mean, it's just... See, that's, that's the disadvantage to not really having winter in Florida yeah. is you don't mm-hmm. really have spring either. It's right. not this spectacular yeah. transformation. I mean, things get green again and things bloom. Yeah, it's nice and wonderful. But up north where you yeah. have a proper freeze, once that's all over and springtime arrives, it is pretty magical. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, it's funny. I This is the first year that I've paid a whole lot of attention to this. But, you know, Texas, the trees, all the leaves fall off and um, everything is becoming green again. It's the most different spring I've ever seen in the sense that it's not like, you know, being in Wellington, which I was very familiar with, or, you know, or being in Virginia, but it's a little bit of an in-between because you definitely have a winter. I mean, you're wearing a coat. So, I mean, there's a couple days where it was in the twenties. It doesn't last long. You're in twenties one day and eighties the next, but, um, but the trees, the leaves do fall off the trees and, um, you know, um, but they, but the weird thing is, is that it's sort of like, you have a couple warm days when the days start to get a little longer and then boom, all of a sudden it's like somebody turned the hose on full throttle and it's like, Oh, well, all everything's back. You know, it's just like, you know, in Virginia, it's sort of a slow process. Mm-hmm. Like you say, it's waking up. 
it's sort of like they're wide awake. You know, one day they're not, one day they are. So it's kind of, it's, it's just, it's interesting to be able to appreciate it somewhere else and, uh, you know, different than what I've been used to in the past. Yeah, I'll take Virginia. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you on that one at all. And we're here with my very good friend, Karen Quillen from All Things Possible. Karen is my favorite dog trainer on the face of the earth. But she has oh. a really cool um, camp coming up. And, and when she told me about it, I went, camp for dogs and humans? And I was so intrigued that I asked her to come on the show because I think this could be the next big thing for um, fun things to do. Like we have adult camps for the humans and, and horses, but I wasn't aware of a camp for dogs and their humans. So, Karen, you're putting one on in Charlottesville called For the Love of Dog. Um, which is going to be yes. April 29th and 30th. Can you, can you tell everybody about it and how you came up with the idea? And Yeah, well, I'd love to take credit. Um, I'm not the first trainer to hold a camp. Um, I actually have attended several camps uh, in New Hampshire on a lake, which is phenomenal. And that's my next goal, to get us on a lake somewhere. But I thought, okay, let's start small. It's a new concept. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, part of the reason for camp for me and, and, you know, over the years, the more I train and the more people I watch and the more dog interactions I watch, we are a society who has forgotten to have fun. We just, everything is a chore. Yeah. Training your dog is a chore. Sometimes even being with your dog for a lot of people is a chore. I get it. We're busy. But if we can get back to those basics of enjoying the true essence of a dog, your training is so much easier. And there's so much involved. You know, training is a fraction of the dog's life and your life with your dog. There are so many other things that are involved. And you know me, Tigger. I'm huge on nutrition and, you yep. know, I have my thoughts on vaccinations and toxins and things we're putting into our pets unwittingly. Um, so this, there is an element to this camp that's going to show, hey, this is how we get healthy dogs um, and how we get dogs who do kind of have a, a sound and quiet mind, similar to us. You know, many, many women our age, Tigger, we've had to learn all about detoxing. <laughs> uh, and we learned the hard way. Yeah. Through uh, our rage and fury. Uh, like, wait a yes. minute, why do I ask you like this? You know? Um, and, you know, it's similar with dogs. And, you know, there's an a, an yoga element to this uh it's so funny last week i had a puppy class and the puppies were just off the wall and the humans were not happy they were not happy people at all and i looked at them <laughs> at the end of the class and i said okay your homework assignment is to go home and learn to meditate and take your dog with you and i was serious <laughs> because for you um, meditating obviously <laughs> and they just looked at me, but I, I'll be curious, you know, and, and, you know, I did tell the class, I have a little bell that signifies I'm going to meditate and my dogs come running into the room. They come running in and they all lie at my feet. Mind you too. And it's a very peaceful. Yeah. They lie right. So you've seen it. 
oh, yes. And they check in yes, on me. Because they're picking up. Yep. Yes. They love your energy. You are peaceful. Dogs are peaceful creatures. We are not as peaceful. And therefore, <laughs> our dogs are, your dog will always mimic your behavior. Um, you know, that's. That's just what they are. They're going to, and I think that's why some people don't like their dogs because they see themselves in them. <laughs> um, so, you know, to get back to the camp, it's really, that's why we call it for the love of dog. I think people do love their dogs, but it's gotten, it's, it's just gotten kind of twisted as to what that relationship should be. And, and there's so much horrible information out there and people think their dogs need to be perfect little puppets and they need to be socialized and go to the dog park and blah, 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 and they don't just like you and I don't need to go out to a bar on a Friday night Tigger you know <laughs> we don't need that stimulus and many dogs don't either um so it's you know hopefully just kind of getting back to you know I, I you're probably like me as a child you know what I did for fun I'd go hiking with the dogs Yep. I guess I, that maybe it was rare. I don't know. We just did it because it was fun to do. We ran around the yard with the dogs. They followed us everywhere. We played with them. You know, we weren't trainers, but guess what? We had really good dogs. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about um, the different kinds of things you're going to offer at the camp because I'm I'm looking at I can't I can't wait to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've done the yoga with dogs, so I know what that is. That's really great. I loved that. Tell me, um, you've got raindrop therapy, Reiki, sniff it, and of course, my mm-hmm. all-time favorite shadow skills. Can yes, you tell our listeners a little bit about skills, those things? Yeah, uh, shadow skills is is simply it. You can call it healing work. If you like, but you know me, I always think the best way to teach a dog to heal is without the use of a leash. So in essence, you're, you're almost, it's becoming a movement, almost like a dance with your dog. Yeah. And the dog is shadowing you. Uh, and it's just a wonderful fun. You can compete if you want to. You don't have to. And, it, you know, all of the competition that I teach, whether it's Valio, anything, uh, shadow skills, it, they, the dogs get treated. You know, they get a treat for, for performing well because we all work for something. So even that makes it fun for the dog. There's not the old militant obedience competition stuff, yeah. which I have no use for. Uh, so Seattle skills very fun. They learn how to walk on both sides. They do sits. They do spins. They do twirls. They do uh, a thing called a flip. You know, <laughs> they kind of do a half flip into the air uh, if they want to, you know. Um, it's, it's just a fun way to move with your dog and 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 bond with them uh we have uh my great friend carolyn is coming from maine and i actually met her at the camp in new hampshire and she's one of those trainers that makes my jaw drop when i look at her uh and feel extremely inadequate and she's teaching um a a thing called fast on the flat and what this is is a wonderful agility like game to play with your dog but you don't need all the agility equipment Oh, wow. You need a couple of, of little hoops. Yeah, that you, so you teach them to go in and around hoops and through tunnels and uh, around barrels that you can get at Lowe's. They're the leaf barrels. You know, they made all this stuff. So it's a very inexpensive and fun way to get that same element of sending your dog out and around things and through things without the cost of, you know, $10,000 worth of agility equipment. Right. 
<laughs> and she'll be teaching that. And I'm still learning that myself, and I'm very excited about that. I'd like to offer it someday. But she also, she's uh, uh, a T-Touch instructor, very, very good. Mm-hmm. So she's going to do a workshop showing how to use your leash, leash for T-Touch. So really kind of balance these dogs you know, with your leash and that kind of stuff. Um, but she just got a really nice, happy, energetic energy, and I think people will love her. Uh, we've got, who else do we, oh, the Fifit, uh, which is the most simple form to start out with of nose work for dogs, where we teach them to pick up the scent of their favorite treat. I like to use liver usually because it's really stinky. And teach them to target uh, we have these little kind of balls that have a hole in them so they can smell it and they learn to target it when they have picked up their scent. So then we do a lineup where we have maybe 15 or 20 of those little balls lined up and the dog goes through sniffing, 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 sniffing. And then when they find their right one, they will, you know, show you they found it. Every dog does it differently. You know, Pokey, he'll hit it with his paw and you, everything goes flying, but he found the right one. Mine lie down. <laughs> Some dogs will lie down. Some dogs... Yeah. Do they lie down? Oh, yeah. lucky you. Maybe you can show me how to teach them. <laughs> I didn't teach it. That's just what they did. <laughs> they taught themselves. And that's, you know, this is everything that I teach, Tigger. What is the dog? The dog will do what they want. And that's okay. You know, Pokey wins every time. Do I care if he hits the thing with his paws? No. Your dogs, because they're Aussies, I must lie down and watch this so that it does not move. Exactly. So, perfect. Yeah. So, you know, there's no rule as to how your dog has to alert you that they have found it. You have to figure out well, how, what your dog's telling you. Some dogs yeah. will just look at you like, hello. <laughs> uh, so it's very fun and very easy. And then, you know, you can do all kinds of things with nose work. And nose work is one of my favorites because it quiets the mind. You know, we I am seeing this this kind of frantic got to get the dog exercise in this ball chasing and, and, and this prey driven behavior and it's not helping the dogs. You know, I tell people, you don't want a finely tuned athlete. You want a strong dog and one who's in good shape, but do not create a finely tuned athlete <laughs> because you'll be throwing a ball for the rest of your life. Um, so I like that nice balance of, Hey, maybe we'll play some ball and now we'll do some nose work, which is very, very quieting. Uh, and they get as tired as if they just had a 45-minute aerobic exercise. What do you? What are the? What's the raindrop therapy? That's a new one for me. Uh, rain, this is very interesting, and and I have only seen it done once. I'm actually learning the technique myself, and this uh, is with use of essential oils, and you know each essential oil. And again, I'm learning this myself can target certain things, you know, whether it's fear or anxiety or relaxation. And uh, there are different um, raindrop therapies that you can choose from. The one time I saw it done was quite interesting because I kind of went in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it was a friend of uh, Anne Marie's dog uh, who will be teaching me yoga. And she had her little uh, corgi. And there were eight of us watching. So we all sat in a circle and this little quirky was put in the middle of us. <laughs> and she was, you know, she'd put on one drop and she would say, this targets this, this, you know, yeah. And I was watching and I didn't really see much. I thought, okay, maybe, maybe. 
And then she used one, I think, called Valor. And she said, this helps with vulnerability. And she dropped that on that dog. And for the first time, the dog just laid down and stopped looking at everybody. And I thought, and I, I spoke up right then. I said, wow, that is amazing to me because did it any occur to, occur to any of us how vulnerable this dog feels sitting in a circle of all of us staring at her? Wow. Yeah. It, yeah, it was just, I, it, and for me, I have to really see a result or I just, yeah, well, give it a try. That's what convinced me by seeing that dog just, I think she actually kind of rolled over onto her side after she, she gave her the valor. It's a drop of essential oil, and then you do like almost like a flicking massage uh, so that it gets into the system and does you know whatever work it's supposed to do. Again, I, I've got to study it and get better at it because I'd love to offer I think it would be very beneficial for so many of my dogs with anxiety and, and aggression and ADD yeah. and all that stuff. But um, very, very fascinating to watch. Wow. Well, if somebody would like to, um, you know, get into this this camp, um, how do they contact you? Uh, we, gosh, we've got it posted everywhere. It's posted on Facebook. Uh, they can call All Things Possible. Uh, you can shoot an email to All Things Possible, and we'll send you a link. It's uh, there is an Eventbrite uh, page set up for this. So if you decide to go, you can click the link and register and, and pay right there, and you're good to go. Uh, yeah, I guess that's probably the best way is to, to call us and, and or shoot us an email so we can send it for you. Or look for it on our Facebook page. It's posted on All Things Possible Facebook page. I know you've shared it. Uh, many people have shared it. Um, yeah, but if all else fails and you just go, I can't find this, which would be me, I would somebody who still do things the old-fashioned way, too. <laughs> well, we have um, Karen's information um, on Healthy Critters' webpage. So if you want to find out more about the camp, I, I, Karen, I really think this is the wave of the future. Um, I mean, you. horse people I are, and I are used to camps. Just, you know, we, well, we have a lot of camps. Well, you know, the other thing, too, and, and I can guarantee you there, it will be women who sign up because women do everything. They take care of the dog, the kids, the husband. The, you know, it's just the way that it is. But one of the things that is, it is so empowering for women to get together and learn this stuff and bond. So, you, you know, you will make lifelong friends. I did my friends. They all live in New England, and we become best friends because I you know, just said, I'm going to camp. <laughs> and I went to New Hampshire and now I go every year and they're just phenomenal women. And it's, it's empowering and it's fun. And it's that sense of community that I think that we're all missing. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're, we're kind of lonely. Yeah. And so are the dogs. Yes. Yes. And they are lonely for that companionship and yeah. the fun and the, you know, just being outside and listening to birds, just sitting, you know, I, I don't, just go sit in the yard with your dog sometime and feel how nice that feels. You know, um, people just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Or take I your dog to work. To I'm a, I'm a big um, fan of, of course, at Biostar, we encourage people to bring their dogs, but it's so, it's so relaxing to have your dog at work with you. 
and the dogs yeah. like it because it's yeah. different. And yeah. at Biosphere, of course, they get plenty of treats. Well, and it kind of goes back to historically when dogs became domesticated because they worked for us. Yes. You know, that's how they, you know, they, they were worked, they worked on farms and they always had a job. They were with their humans all the time. Yeah. Uh, that's what they want. They want that. And you can create a job out of nose work. The dog doesn't know as long as they're having fun in there with you. <laughs> you know, that's a job. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you're interested in Karen's camp and I, I highly uh, recommend it, I'm, I'm going to be attending myself. Um, please check our website, healthycookers.com. And I'm speaking, yes. I'm, I'm speaking about yes. food. Big surprise. You've left that out, Tigger, so perhaps <laughs> you'd like to share a little bit about that. Well, you know, <laughs> humility, humbleness. Um, for me, yes. it's really about what you're offering. And, and, you know, being a horse person, this is, uh, I think, where so many horse people can identify with because we all have dogs. And we're used to adult mm-hmm. camps with horses. And now here's an opportunity to do it, you know, with your dog. So I'm really excited yeah. about it. I see a, a great potential in in having camps for dogs all over the country. And what a fun weekend. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, so I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, well, I'm very excited and I can't wait. And I really hope there's a ton of people out there who want to join us and and just experience firsthand what we're talking about because you know even if anybody out there's like me like yeah yeah mumbo jumbo (laughs) Um, i'm the biggest critic on the face of the planet till i found peace and and, yeah now i want to share it with with everybody and their talks so it's great i can't wait and everyone if you want to find out more about it go to healthycritters.com thanks karen See you Thank soon. Thank you, Tigger. Okay. See you soon. All righty. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello. Hetty. Hi, Hetty. How are you? Well, to be frank, I'm having the best moment of my day. Do you have cheese? No, that would be yeah. much better. Thank you for making me su- just depressed now, <laughs> ruining the best I'm moment sorry, of my day. I'll shut up. <laughs> that might be better. No, I'm, I've had my dinner, and now I'm having a lovely bone. Oh. She's a good servant. She is. No, I do not. <laughs> my servant is crap. That said, oh. I do love a bone. <laughs> well, but who gave you the bone, Hetty? Your servant. No, my servant just managed to do one thing right. I mean, if you start going around saying, oh, wow, you've done such a good job for doing one thing right, everyone just assumes that one thing is deficient, but it's not. <laughs> my bad. I, I, one now thing I know is never going to get this done. could be george morris of the dog world i think think, oh good every time you screw up i'm going to strangle a kitten (laughs) every time right oh my and so like just today 72 kittens have died oh my oh no please send servant is just in Send Inferior. your send your hate mail to uh, Hedwig at <laughs> Healthy Critters Radio. Did you Critters people Radio. ever read the funny 
the funny story. It was on Horse uh, uh, Nation, and they made a joke about George Morris. You didn't read this ever? Even oh. small dogs read it. Everyone read it. Oh. Because it was, it was a joke about George and how he's a perfectionist. And how if you do something so mundane as leave your collar at the wrong angle, he's going to kill a kitten. And if you do something egregious, like, oh, I don't know, an automatic release instead of the more appropriate version, then you will have to be killed yourself. Oh, dear. Oh. This is radical. We don't have anything that radical in mind for you today, Hedwig. No, we oh, don't. What okay. do we have in mind for it? Well, we have Jennifer something. Has never it. know, really. You never know, really. It's just a, it's a complete crapshoot. But today, in light of the fact uh-huh. that summer is soon here all across America, we want to know. Oh, it's pretty summery here right now. It's pretty, Thank you for asking. Yeah, it's pretty summery. Um, we want to know about um, sun protection for dogs. We want your opinions. Air conditioning. Well, that's temperature. That's temperature protection. We're okay with that. No need for sun protection if you're inside in the air conditioning. In the if you're at a horse show in the hotel having a snack, like a bone or Or an ice cream. Oh, I do love ice cream. Well, I mean, do you? I love ice cream. Do you recommend any kind of sunscreen for dogs? I was born with a suit. For what do I need sunscreen? I mean, I think, yes. For a lesser dog whose suit is insufficient, which can happen, like a white dog, for example, with very pink skin, that Mm. dog might need something. You know, like sometimes I see, yeah, like sometimes my friends who are pit bulls and they are white, they have the pink skin, Mm. especially on their nice little noses. They might need some something there, but it, ha- it would have to not be poisonous because they would lick it off. Oh, true. She's got a so, point. So, I mean, healthy. really. But what? How this about is something how about we need to sun, think about? How about sunglasses on dogs? You see a lot of dogs wearing sunglasses today. Do you approve of sunglasses? Are there certain breeds that should or shouldn't wear them? Well, I don't. I again, I mean, I am quite photophobic. I don't like bright light at all. And so what I do, because the servant is, you know, unkind and therefore allows me to be out during the day, I put my paws over my eyes or my head (laughs) under something. That's pretty smart. So you're basically saying your best sun protection is to be inside. And when you're being tortured by your servant, it's best to cover your eyes with your own paws or go near a tree. A tree is a lovely thing. You can dig a nice little hole. And that's what the puppy, the little gerbil thing, it does that. It digs a hole and then it wallows in the hole like a tiny gerbil pig. I see. Well, that pretty much well, give, that gives us all we need to know about sun protection for uh, dogs. Thank you, Hedwig. Yep. Thanks, Hetty. Always happy to help in any way I can contribute. <laughs> Bye, Hetty. Thanks, Bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at the Breed of the Show segment of our program, and I have decided that I wanted to do the Dachshund, or otherwise known as the Dash Hound, or the Wiener Dog, (laughs) (laughs) or the Badger Warrior. (laughs) It's so funny, and all the dogs, I always love doing this because I get to learn so much about um, dogs, and um, uh, 
and it's never been a breed that I've known that much about Tigger because I don't think he's one of the sad ones. <laughs> surprisingly, <laughs> we missed the dog. Yeah, surprisingly, we did. Um, but you know, um, there's a lot of information about them. Um, and again, they, the, some people call it da- Dashound. My very good friend from San Antonio, her husband, who's from South Africa, would say Dashound. Um, I call it Dachshund. Um, or as other people have known, wiener dogs, <laughs> but their original purpose, um, and still is supposed to be their purpose is for their scent chasing dogs to flush out badgers or burrowing animals. Um, and if anybody's familiar with dachshunds, they're a small dog with short legs and kind of a longer body, which does make them very prone to back issues. So you have to be very careful about that. Um, but they um, are just kind of a, um, there's a lot about the breed I didn't, I didn't realize because I always just figured, you know, smaller dogs can always be a little bit um, harder to train and, and stubborn and whatnot. But, and that proves to be the same with the dachshund, which for some reason, I just didn't think they were so terrier-like. Um, I was a little surprised. Do you know any dachshunds, Tigger? Or I do. Know I, I know a couple of long-haired dachshunds. Oh. Right. Okay. Yes, I and, are, uh, and wire hair dachshunds. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of cute. Right. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my aunt well, back in the day bred dachshunds. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And they were universally okay. mean. <laughs> they were. They were. Awesome. Okay. They were. They were awesome for auntie and unka, but uh, everybody uh-huh. else uh, don't get within snapping range. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, that's a good point to bring up because they stay. One of the characteristics they are, um, they're very suspicious of new people, um, which then in turn does not make them fantastic for young kids. Um, it's not that they can't get along with kids, um, but they, they tend to be um, a little bit of a, um, more like the terrier breed. They're a little sharper of a dog. Um, the, the word stubborn <laughs> came across that a lot. Yeah. Um, but the AKC definition of the dog is they're very playful uh, clever, courageous dogs, but they could be very stubborn and they're, and they're known for chasing small animals and tennis balls. So they have a little bit of that Jack Russell uh-huh. um, kick to them. So, you know, which, um, cause I always am wondering when, you know, when our listeners are listening about this, if they're considering getting one of these breeds, you know, I always would have in my mind considered adoption to probably not be a bad apartment dog, you know, um, I don't think that's probably the case. I don't think they're probably the best apartment dogs because I think they need to get a lot of energy um, because they are scent hounds. They're, um, they're obviously bred to be hunters. They're going to want out and they, they need to have a job. Um, you know, they need to um, get rid of their, you know, all of their energy. Um, and, and talking about the different coat varieties, it's like, this is the one breed. My goodness, there's every, there's smooth, there's long hair, there's wire hair. Um, there's a tons of different colors. Do they come in different um, sure sizes too? Seen. Are there big ones and little ones? They do. There's, yep, there's the standard. Um, and then there's the miniature and there was a little bit of discrepancy on, uh, what the sizes standards of that was. Um, but, but basically both miniatures and standards tend to live between 12 to 14 years, which is kind of typical. I think of most of the dogs that we've done, the dogs is kind of always right around that range. Um, they, um, um, like I said, they can be a little aggressive towards um, other people and other dogs. However, they are a relatively intelligent dog. They're ranked, and this is the first time I've seen a ranking in any dog breed I've done. They're ranked 49th in intelligence, which is I was kind of impressed by that because I didn't. I would have, you know, I think what then we did say the poodle, the poodle or the border 
collie is like border the most collie intelligent. Is number so one. Yeah. So that's not a bad. That's not too bad on the list when for you a scent hound. The that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They can be right, tough exactly. to train scent hounds. Yeah, or hounds in yeah. general. Your hounds in general, right? Um, but apparently, um, and I'm sure Jen, you know this. They are very, and like you said earlier, they're very, very devoted to their people, um, and they're very loving. Which then, on the flip side of that. Um, apparently they're not great about being left alone. So they are a dog. If left alone, they do have a little bit of anxiety with that. And they can tend to go towards what they do by nature, which is burrow or chew. <laughs> so um, again, I think that um, they're probably a wonderful dog for um, somebody that doesn't live in an apartment um, that has, they're fine with kids, but not young, young kids. And they need to have, um, they need to have their exercise. Um, they are a scent hound and scent hounds are like sight hounds. They need, they need to have their job, but, um, they are, I think they're, I've always, my sister-in-law had one, had two for years and, um, they're great because they, um, they bark and they alert you. So, you know, there's not a lot that's going to go on if you're living in a house or in a neighborhood. They're good. They're good little, uh, you know, alert dogs, not watchdogs because they're obviously small. But they're not, bar- um, they're not just barky, barky, And they barky, come in though. so many different varieties. But they don't just Pardon bark, continue- they're not real just barky, barky. They don't bark just for the sake of barking. At least ours didn't. No, they, they're, they're a good alert dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think I would, I would com- yeah, completely agree with that. It, they're great for, yeah. for maybe families with bigger kids or families that don't mm-hmm. have children. Because I think the most, the most distinguishing thing I've ever, uh, that I think about Dachshunds is that bonding with their person. Is right. that is very very strong. If if that dog bonds with you, that is that's your dog. That's Don't anybody it. look at my human crosswise. Don't anybody else pet me unless right. you're invited. Um, yeah, I that's it's cool. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting, and that's kind of the, that was surprising to me because I wouldn't have thought that. Um, I wouldn't have thought that. I didn't realize that there were such one people dogs. Did you know that ticker? Because that was a little. I that didn't. Was a shock. Yeah, I didn't know it either. Well, you look so, you look at them on they, TV, and they're so happy and jolly. You know. <laughs> yeah but and, uh, and they said they can be super super hard to train i mean mm-hmm. if you you know they can be trained but you've really got to stick with it yeah they're they're a serious dog they're I a serious, serious dog serious. they're not just you know if it's a first-time dog owner this i don't think i would recommend this dog just because it's going to take a little bit more than um you know something that you can just bring home and hope that it ends up behaving because you're going it's going to need some direct training and some correct training yeah but um, you know, they, uh, um, the, my friends again, um, who he's from South Africa, they had two dogs. They had a, they always had a, a, a dachshund and a bigger dog and the dachshund would wake up, um, the bigger dog <laughs> if there was trouble at night. And they said, you know, they're just, they're great alert dogs and they're wonderful to have around. And, you know, once they know their family, they're terrific, but they're not, you know, you're going to have to be careful. Cause I was thinking about this. I don't see a lot of dachshunds at horse shows. You know, I've, there's one lady uh, in Texas that brings hers that are very friendly, uh, or I should say friendly. They they don't ever, you know, bark or anything that I know of. But those are the only dogs I've ever seen, any dachshunds at shows. Not a lot. I've seen some, but not you're right, lot. not a lot. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, kind of a cool breed. I learned a lot about some, uh, some things about the little dog that I didn't know, but um Again, they come in a variety of colors, which I think is a lot of fun. Cool. And very important if you're overrun by badgers. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Just saying. That's true. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're called badger warriors. Here we are at Critter Nutrition. And today we're going to talk about the industry and ethics of bovine colostrum. Uh-oh. <laughs> Lay it on me. Oh, I thought you wanted me to stop. Mm. Yeah. Lay it on me. It's going to be good news and bad news. I can tell. It's informative. There we go. Bovine colostrum is an important therapeutic food for horses and dogs. It provides over 70 different growth factors for tissue repair and over 80 immune factors. These immune factors include the immunoglobins and the proline-rich peptides known as PRPs. PRPs regulate the thymus gland, the master gland of the immune system. Regulation of the immune system is important as the body is constantly seeking homeostasis and balance. An immune system that is already stimulated, as in the case with allergic reactions, does not need more stimulation. Likewise, an immune system not fully responding to an invading virus may need to be stimulated. The PRPs in bovine colostrum help modulate and balance the immune system according to the body's needs. Dairy cows produce more colostrums than their calves require. Mature dairy cows can produce 80 to 100 pounds of colostrum in four days, and calves consume a third of that. China, the U.S., and Europe are the three main human use markets, particularly in the area of sports nutrition. The Chinese have been using colostrum for human wellness for generations and are far ahead of the Americans and Europeans in using this food. Grades of colostrum. Similar to how viable probiotics are measured in colony-forming units, bovine colostrum is measured in terms of the percentage of antibodies or immunoglobins that it contains. The specific immunoglobin measured in bovine colostrum is called immunoglobin G, or IgG for short. Bovine colostrum used as a milk replacement for foals provides the highest IgG level at 40% or more. The most common colostrum supplements available typically provide 15% IgG content. Biostar's Colostrum 38 and Colostrum 38 for canines both provide 38% IgG. Additives to colostrum. Some companies add soy, silicon dioxide, or silica, marine coral, and if in capsule form, gelatin and magnesium stearate. Some colostrum supplements for dogs and horses also include hydrogen peroxide as a preservative. Biostar does not use any additives. Our colostrum is 100% colostrum. The ethics of bovine colostrum. Where is it coming from? With the growing popularity of bovine colostrum supplements for humans as well as for animals, companies are free to add colostrum to a product without revealing much about the strength of their colostrum, its source, or the ethics of collecting it. This is where consumers have to do a little digging to find out more about the colostrum they are purchasing. Few companies reveal how their colostrum is collected. Across the spectrum of bovine colostrum supplements for humans, horses, cows, and dogs, many supplements, many companies don't know how their colostrum is collected or the care and condition of the cows and calves. Colostrum for some companies is simply a commodity ingredient. When I first started studying bovine colostrum eight years ago, the ethics of taking colostrum from cows was deeply disturbing. How could I take away the important first milk of a newborn calf? 
I also was deeply concerned about the care of the cows and calves. Were these animals treated like cows in the corporate agriculture dairy industry? During my research, I could not find one U.S. source of colostrum that fit my ethics. I broadened my search to New Zealand, India, and Canada. New Zealand has very high standards of animal welfare, much higher than the U.S. In India, of course, cows are treated like family. There are Hindu festivals honoring the animals. Canada has banned the popular RBGH growth hormone for dairy cows, as has the EU and New Zealand. Some companies collect the colostrum within the first six hours of birth, potentially robbing the calf of the important first milk of the mother. This is not a practice I personally can live with. Some dairy companies take the calf away from its mother 24 hours after birth, a practice I personally find inhumane and traumatizing. Colostrum is an important therapeutic food whose quality depends on the quality of the cow's lifestyle. It was of utmost importance to me that I find a source of bovine colostrum that came from cows that are grass-fed, pasture-raised, and fed a GMO-free diet. The cows had to be RBGH-free and antibiotic-free. It was imperative that the cows not live in a factory animal setting. So I sought out small dairy cooperatives, searching for a sustainable and ethical source of colostrum. There are different methods of processing colostrum, including freezing or high-temperature processing and spray drying. The small company Biostar Works within Canada collects colostrum after the first 24 hours of calving and processes the processes the colostrum the same day without having to use rapid freezing and rapid thawing techniques, which can cause damage to protein molecules and compromise the biological activity of the ingredients in colostrum. This low temperature collection method used by our Canadian supplier is the same technique used in New Zealand. The colostrum is then flash pasteurized and freeze dried using low temperatures to maintain the bioavailability of the colostrum. Biostar's colostrum is collected from several small organic dairy cooperatives in eastern Canada. These dairy cows are pasture-raised, grass-fed, RBGH-free, and antibiotic-free. The calves stay with their mothers because cows produce better milk when they can keep their calves. A stressed cow produces stressed milk. Using colostrum. Having studied and used colostrum for eight years has not made me a bovine colostrum expert, but has given me knowledge and experience in how to use this amazing food for the best results. Some key applications and points to consider. Colostrum is therapeutic. For the immune system, it should be used to support homeostasis. We want the body system to maintain its own homeostasis. However, sometimes the body needs the help of colostrum therapy before it is able to maintain a healthy balance on its own. Once homeostasis has been achieved, colostrum is not required or needed. If a horse or dog has ongoing autoimmune issues, immune system compromises, or chronic immune challenges, then colostrum is needed every day. With conditions such as equine protozoa, EPM, or Lyme disease, colostrum is beneficial in supporting the immune system during treatment. Horses and dogs that experience stress-related immune issues benefit from colostrum during periods of stress. For tissue repair, wound healing, and cellular GI tract healing, colostrum provides the important growth factors for cellular repair. Once the healing is completed, colostrum is no longer needed. For muscle restoration from training stress, colostrum helps with the important recovery period. But on days that the horses work lightly or completely rested, there is no need to give colostrum. 
When horses are fighting viruses, colostrum is an important food to help the antibodies fight the invader. Once the horse or dog has recovered, you can stop the colostrum. The amount of colostrum needed for efficacy depends on the IgG percentage. The higher the IgG content, the more potent the colostrum is. Some senior horses and senior dogs can benefit from daily colostrum if they have ongoing issues, but a healthy horse or dog does not need daily colostrum until an issue arises. If your horse or dog has no ongoing or chronic issues, giving colostrum is of little benefit. Colostrum is food support to the body system when the body needs additional support and balancing. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So I thought it would be fun if we um, reminisce about memorable horse buying experiences, because as we (laughs) all know, and anyone who's a healthy critter radio listener has had some kind of horse buying or selling experience. Yes. Um, So I wanted to start with my most memorable, which was um, with somebody you actually know, Patty, Robert Zanford Mm -hmm. from Holland. And Uh, a friend of mine and I flew over to look at horses and Robert is a, is a uh, agent and he was not only going to take us around, but he had some other clients that he wanted to see horses that, you know, might work. Right. So, so we, we get off the plane, you know, we've flown all night. There he is, you know, we're driving to Germany. Of course, my friend and I thought, well, maybe we would go back to the house, have a little rest, a little coffee. No, no, no. We're, we're driving to Germany. So yeah. um, we went to one stable and blah, blah, blah. And then like later on in the day, and by then, that's where I got first introduced to Red Bull. This is like in 1999. Oh, no. oh, <laughs> I can imagine God. you in Red Bull. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I, Bull, I, I, I really just wanted to go to go to sleep because I hadn't slept on the yeah. plane. But anyway, he introduces me to Red Bull. We pull it. It's cold. It's rainy. You know, ugh. we pull into this barn in Germany, a dealer barn, and they bring out this horse that that for me to try, and it just it wasn't my horse, and. Robert goes, well, you know, I'm looking for a horse for an older woman. She's in her 60s. She's ridden, you know, second, third level, and she's looking for something pre-St. George, quiet, you know, take care of her, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, we have got the horse. 
So we follow them into this other part of the barn, and there's this, you know, normal-looking bay horse. And they tack him up, and they bring him out to the arena. And Robert says, get on. I'm like, okay. So I get on, and I'm walking him around, and he's really, like, not real responsive to the leg and so his, you know, sort of a lazy kind of walk. And I thought, you know, I, I want to see, freshen him up a little bit, make him a little quicker. So I closed my legs on this horse. It leaped into the air, sunfished. Oh. And as it was sunfishing, I felt my center of gravity going to the side. Oh, no. And I thought. I am not going to fall in front of one of these freaking Germans. No. Not going to happen. And by some will of God, I got myself straight again. The horse landed, bucked again, and he came back down. And the the, uh, dealer said, yeah, he can get pretty high up in the air, can he? And I'm like, do you think this is good for a 65-year-old woman? (laughs) Oh my wow. gosh. Yeah. Maybe it got yeah. lost in translation. When you said 65, maybe he thought you meant 15. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the, that's the Six, hardest thing. Maybe she he thought you said 16 and a half or something. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, 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 I bring up this story because this is not an unusual occurrence. No, it's that, not, unfortunately. That people are told the horse can do da-da-da or is da-da-da. And bring the horse, they ship the horse home and it's a horse of a different nature. Well, there are are horse traders and there are horse traders. It doesn't matter what country. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so hard. I mean, I, you know, when Tigger said that we were going to work on this, um, you know, it's, um, you know, use this. There's, there's always so many stories that people have, but it's interesting that you lead with that story, Tigger, because it was kind of a good thing to say to listeners if they ever do one of these experiences. I think, you know, we kind of figure being in this world for a long time, you know, just get along the, I don't want to say assuming, but we've gone to Europe so many times and we've gone through it. You sort of, um, you become accustomed to the protocol that you as yourself have. And I always go with clients of mine or that I'm looking for. And generally they're, um, you know, decent riding amateur women that don't need to deal with what you dealt with, you know, and so I always go through my little protocol of making sure the horse is ridden. I watch to be ridden. I, you know, you look for that look in the eye and, you know, you, you get to the point where you kind of figure that out, but you know, even then you just can't be safe. And so you always need to wear your helmet and always have somebody else get on the horse first because, um, you know, I've never had an experience that's been like that. I have had experiences where I've been totally surprised at the reaction of the horse. Um, but I don't think it also helps too, when you get off the plane you know, if you get most of these guys are going to take it, they're just going to get going. The last time I flew to Holland, I literally landed and I had slept the whole way, Tigger. I could not stay awake in the, in the car. In fact, I fell asleep and woke up and I was at a barn and I was supposed to be getting on and riding. I hadn't changed. And I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So it's sort of the normal experience that way. It is. It is. Absolutely. So. So, Jen, do you have any um, do you have any good buying or selling stories? Oh my, there are so many. Which one to choose? Which one to choose? Right. Um, let's see here. Um, this is this is one where a I went with a student. I had a student who was uh, taking lessons on one of my horses, and she made that 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 big leap to get her own horse. 
and she was a petite person, five foot on a good day, tiny person. Mm. And she wanted an athletic horse because she enjoyed dressage and she wanted to be competitive. And she had what I considered a reasonable budget because she didn't plan on competing anywhere recognized. She just wanted to be able to go out there and get to first level someday. She thought that'd be really awesome because she knew she had a budget. So she did a lot of searching to find something of appropriate size because she was not an experienced rider. She'd only been riding for about a year. And she found a horse and she said, Jim, we got to go look at this horse. I love this horse. I rode this horse. It did everything I wanted it to. And that was the prerequisite before I was going to waste my time going and looking at horses. So we went and looked at the horse. And they bring the horse out. And uh, it's a reasonably attractive small horse. It's about 14 hands. Um, Crossbred Morgan and something. Don't remember what. And uh, it was a private owner. It wasn't a person who buys and sells horses for a living. So that went in the the plus column. Right. And... uh, Ryder brings the horse out, and uh, and she's, oh, I'll, get, I'll go ahead and just get on the horse. It's awesome. So she gets on the horse, and the horse is lovely and quiet and actually a little bit putsy. Oh, wow, you really have to – this is a push ride right here. Not what I expected right. because the horse was only four years old. <coughs> so, yeah. So I get up on the horse and go, wow, this really is a push ride. I can't get it to move at all. Can, oh, here, here, have a crop. We carry a crop with this horse. Okay. Four years old, we can forgive that. Get the horse to do things. It's wonderful. A deal is struck. Horse uh, passes veterinarian exam and has a uh, a blood test done to make sure that there's nothing nefarious going on. Everything right. passes with flying colors. The horse is delivered to the barn by the the selling the seller. Horse is wonderful. Settles in. Two days later, okay, we're gonna go ride the horse. Woohoo! Put the tack on. Horse is great. Horse is a little bit fussy. Oh, she's a little bit fussy. It's okay. It's okay. He's four years old. He's gonna be a little bit fussy in a new place. First thing the horse did when we got into the arena and the rider puts her foot in the stirrup is he stands up on his hind legs and flips himself over. <gasps> Herself over. Flat, splat on her back. And that the, the young lady owned that horse for five years, six years. It was a nutter every single day. What? Complete oh my gosh. Nutter. I mean, hurt you nutter. Every day. Isn't that crazy? And and I, I was racking my brains. It's like we tested the horse. The horse had a blood test. They had no, you know, nothing showed up, you know, and it was a complete and total nutter. And the people that bought it from her, I knew it was a nutter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it, it's so crazy. It's just crazy because I was going to tell you this other story, but you just reminded me of a very recent selling story that we have. Um, the barn that I'm at, um, the woman breeds a couple babies a year. And this one she's had forever, um, forever, meaning she's five years old. And um, the lady that came out to try it, tried her once. It was beautiful, wonderful, went well. She came out and tried her again. Perfect. Well, then she needed to go out of town. And she really wanted the horse, um, but she wanted to wait to vet it until she got back. So we said, no problem. We'll just keep it going. We don't really have anybody else on the books to come and see her. No big deal. She came back out. She rode her one more time. She vetted the horse. Everything went beautiful. The next day she comes by um, with a you know cashier's check for a substantial amount of money, hands it to him, is going to put the horse in her nice, big, beautiful trailer. And it's a nice trailer. And so this horse, my daughter has shown off the property, I think two or three times easily. 
and um, she walks on the trailer. No big deal. Um, I'm getting ready to go teach a lesson. I wave goodbye. Said, please text me when you get home. She takes, she puts it in park, and the horse scrambles a little bit. Or excuse me, and drive. I'm like, whoa, 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 give her a second, give her a second. And I said, let her just stand back up. Maybe she just wasn't expecting this. Now, keep in mind, at this point, it's um, getting about dinner time. So all of the horses are ready to be at the gate to be pulled in anyway. And, of course, where she's moving this horse around is in the center of where all the fields are. So almost every horse on the property could see this trailer. So she wants to pull out very slowly again. Horse scrambles even worse. Now, keep in mind, I've had this horse in my trailer. Never set a foot wrong. I was like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. And then, like, goes to stop and continues to scramble. And I'm not talking like, and then she is a big girl, this mare, um, and sensible. And I was like, whoa. So I said, there's got to, there's something's happening. Maybe, and this happens a lot, and everybody should look out for this. If you haven't used your trailer well, look for wasp nests because sometimes they're in there, you don't see them, and the horse can get stung. And I'm like, oh, this is classic. The horse is getting stung. Look in, nothing. Standing there, just, I mean, open the door. She's like, hey, man, what's going on? Like what? How you know? How could you go from being crazy to this? So I was all right. It looks like everything's fine. Looked at her legs, make sure nothing's hit her. Goes to pull out again, and at this point, I think she's going to pull the trailer off the hitch and flip out backwards. Yikes. I mean, she was. I mean, collectively, all the people that were standing there were easily over a hundred years worth of horse experience, and we're all going, "Whoa, what do we do?" And she would stop, and she'd be. I mean, at this point, she was a little bit more frazzled, but she was not like trying to get off or jump over the breast bar, whatever, could not figure it out. So, you know, now I'm thinking, okay, I don't want her to take the horse home now. At this point, I need to figure out what's going on, you know? And so we, it took, it took us at least 45 minutes. We got her off the trailer, walked her back on and off. No problem. Not a problem in the world. Would walk on, walk off. I didn't try to, you know, have her pull out again. And it dawned on us. She'd never trailered alone put another horse on the trailer with her, got to her farm. She was a perfectly behaved angel. Never took a foot wrong. She had abandonment and, issues. <laughs> she had a commitment abandonment issues. So it was really, it was just, it was so interesting. Wow. What's so interesting about the whole thing is just, you know, that horse had been off the farm several times. I pride myself in saying, yes, the horse has been on the trailer, done this, blah, 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 blah. Well, I hadn't had that horse since it was a baby, so it probably had just never been on the trailer alone as a younger horse. So, I mean, at least now she knows what she has to work with, and, um, you know, and the, the horse is smart, and she'll bridge it over to her being by herself. But that was an, that was an interesting one. That one kind of threw me for a wow. loop. I kept thinking, what is going on? And she, was, she put a friend on there, trailered like, no big deal. There you go. So, this goes to show. These horses. I, I, I hate buying and selling horses. I hate I kind of, I love shopping, but I hate buying. Yeah. I'm a tire kicker. You mean, you mean spending the money or it's the committing. commitment? It's the commitment. Like, oh, am I making a mistake? I, I second guess myself. Yeah, I shouldn't because I do okay, well, but I do. I second guess myself. Well, but I think I think I mean it's such a commitment for a lot of people. I mean, this becomes a you know a, another part of your family, and you know. Um, and some, you know, some people I know take this in varying degrees, but, you know, you have your horses right in your backyard. Um, I mean, they're part of your family. It's, well, and then I'm if, sure you're... if there's something that causes, like, okay, the horse isn't, this isn't the right horse. I'm going to have to move it on and sell it. Well, then I'm going to have to tell whoever yeah. buys it from me what I don't like, and they're probably not going to like it either. Then I'm really stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, remember, one man's trash is another man's gold. you got to remember that. Just because yeah. it's not right for you doesn't mean there's somebody else out oh, there that doesn't want it. That's my greatest fear. So. 
Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I think that's legit. It's, I, I think a lot of people go through, a lot of people go through that, you know, why they don't want to sell or, or whatever. I mean, sometimes, you know, I have a couple owners that they buy, man, they are buying for life. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's a, that's, that is, that's a nice thing to go, you know, with, although yeah. there is pressure in that too, because you want to make sure it's the right horse. Well, and you can only keep but, so many. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that's a thing. Yeah, apparently that's a thing. Well, <laughs> well, that's that's a fun and fascinating conversation, and, and horse shopping is always yep. a topic of uh, for good times when it comes to horse people because we've all a great got discussion. Them. Yes, yes, absolutely. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, BioStar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon, gyrate with your giraffe, meditate with a meerkat, Uber with your orangutan, Facebook with your flamingo, ponder with your panda, walk with your wookie, yawn with your yak, Twitter with your toucan, go raining with your reindeer, Dropbox your dragon. <laughs> <laughs>